0: The following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Swami Maharaj on July thirty first, nineteen ninety two, in Mathuradesh. The class begins with a reading from the Bhagavad Gita chapter 7 verse 14. Hare Krishna. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport to text 14, chapter 7 in the matter of knowledge of the Absolute, of the Bhagavad Gita as it is. Miami Translation again this divine energy of mind consisting of the three modes of material nature is difficult to overcome but those who have surrendered unto me can easily cross beyond it. There's a very important verse of the Bhagavad Gita. If someone wants to memorize verses in the Bhagavad Gita, this is one of the more important verses to know. Prabhupada has given an extensive purport here, explanation. The Lord has got unlimited energies and all of His energies are divine. So we are also energies of the Lord. The material nature is energy of the Lord. The spiritual nature is the energy of the Lord. We discussed this morning how we are called the tatasta shakti. Tatasta means middle point or madhyasta shakti. There's the higher Paraprakiti, the spiritual energy. Then there's the lower Aparaprakiti, which is the material energy. Sometimes we are also part of the Paraprakiti, or spiritual energy. But we are very small in size. Therefore, we're considered to be marginal. Because we are so small that although the material nature is inferior, Inferior in the sense that this material nature has no consciousness. The material nature has no ability to move independent of the spirit. Therefore, it's considered to be inferior. The uh, scientists are toying with the idea of trying to have artificial intelligence. And there's many science fiction movies about computers coming to life, taking over the world. But we read uh, this morning a very clear verse where it says that matter can never produce life. Matter doesn't produce life. Life produces matter. Of course, there's a mention in one of the Puranas that when you go to visit Lord uh, Indra in Swarga Loka, He's got some non-living servants who are some type of sophisticated biological robots. Exactly how he makes them, we don't know. It's a technology far superior than what we have on this planet. It just mentions they're actually not living, they're machines. But they act and speak exactly like A living person. The difference is that because they're machines, they have no emotion. They don't experience any emotion. So this, even if we program a machine, I mean Indra's technology is far greater than ours. Even if we can program a machine to appear to think and react to certain predetermined kind of stimuli. The machine will not be able to experience emotions, will not be able to experience these higher sentiments, which are part of the free will of the soul. So if we understand that actually we are energy of Krishna, only because of our misuse of the free will, we have come here in this material world. And we are trying to lord it over the material world, thinking that we are the master of the material energy. That we think that this material energy is actually meant for us to enjoy. Or in other words, that there's some other activity other than devotional service to Krishna. That is called maya, or illusion. Actually, the concepts are very simple. But even very, very, uh, learned pandits are not able to grasp them. Somehow in order to grasp these things one needs a special mercy of Krishna. A special type of spiritual intelligence needs, is needed to, to be able to understand these topics. So that intelligence comes by rendering devotional service, by chanting Hare Krishna, by taking Krishna prashadam. Milk is also a helpful ingredient to give one this more subtle type of intelligence. If we are the part of Krishna, we are the energy of Krishna, then our duty is to serve Krishna. But because we are people, We are living, therefore we've got free will. That means we have to voluntarily accept to want to serve God. If we accept to serve Bhagawan, that means we're liberated. When we want to do something other than serve the Lord, that puts us into this bondage. We've been in a bondage so long nobody can trace it out. Prabhupada explained that. That's why we are called Nitya badha You see, some people think if I do good works, if I'm a good person, if I give charity, if I don't tell lies, I don't cheat too much, I don't steal too much, I just more or less be a normal person, good guy, and play good cricket, then, you know, I, I Play good ping pong at the office and things like that. Then I, I'll go, I'll, I'll achieve all success in life. I'll get salvation in the end. But even if we're the best person in the material world, by material standards, we still have to come again and again, birth after birth, in this material world. There's no automatic freedom. Even if we were to act hundred births of perfect Varnashram Dharma, we can become a Lord Brahma. But even if we're a Lord Brahma and we don't do any devotional service to Krishna, we don't go out of the material world. Eventually we have to surrender to Krishna if we want to get out of the material world. Even the great Paramatma yogis When they finally realize the paramatma, at that time they achieve bhakti, they realize that there's nothing more than Krishna. And they realize the Basudeva Sarvamiti. The Basudeva is everything. So one can go the long route, take many many births, bahunam janmanam, or one can go the direct route. Why we are here in the first place? Because we misuse our free will. Last time I here I told the story about that child that didn't open the door, misuse of free will. There was one child that was uh, pampered by the parents. Parents gave the child everything. Never heard that one? And a child was always... Uh, that parents thought that if we give everything to the child, this would be the best way of bringing up the child. It's the only child. They call Alala Dulal. Special pampered child. So the child became, took uh, for granted all the love and affection of the parents. And uh, started to think that uh, parents, they should, it's like their duty to serve me. He's he always getting what he wants, so he's thinking like that, that whatever I want, parents have to give. They don't give, they're misbehaving. <laughs> <It's like laughs> So it's very uh, dangerous if uh, one doesn't put down a proper standard for the child. They can get too much and then they can, they don't appreciate. So this one particular child uh, was like that. One day in the morning he decided not to get out of bed. So he locked his doors and windows in the room. And he just stayed in the bed and covered his head with a blanket. So the parents thought our little angel is sleeping, don't disturb. So it's already getting about nine o'clock. They thought it's too late. He should get up. So they said knocking on the door. So the old little little flower bud, time to get up. <laughs> But uh, the child said, Well, listen, go away, you thieves, you dacoits in the night. I know it's midnight, and you're coming here to rob me. So they were shocked, you know, what <laughs> midnight is? Brought daylight out. So, what are you talking about? Open the door, it's daylight. It's not midnight. Where are your mother and father? I know you're just imitating my mother and father. You are not. You're not really my mother and father. You are dacoits and it's not really daylight. It's uh, night. You're trying to cheat me. I said, "Look here, it's not uh, night at all. It's already nine o'clock. You just. Uh, I don't see anything. It's dark in here. What's the proof?" <laughs> The proof, you open the door, you see the light. You say, tell me, the sun is so powerful. If the sun is so powerful, that without opening the doors and window, let the sunlight come inside my room. If it doesn't come in the room, I don't believe in sun also. It's not there. Stop all their foolishness, open up your door, you'll see the light. So obviously, this child was being very naughty. This is an example of misuse of free will. The child misused the free will. Similarly, we also misuse our free will. Some people say, unless I can see Krishna, I don't believe. Bring him here now. What is it? If someone is uh, locked in a room and he can't I don't believe in the sun, make it come in. It doesn't work that way. If you want to see the sun, you open your door. If you want to see Krishna, you have to open your heart. You have to surrender to Krishna. Then he'll reveal himself to you. Why? He's not your servant. He has to come. When you want and how you want. If someone says, I don't believe there's Rastapati. All the papers are lying. I want to see him. He has to come to my house. I don't believe. Who cares? Why do will come to your house? If you want to see Krishna, you, then the process He gives how to see Him. Manmana mang namaskaru vai sasi satyante janau You bow down to me, you be my devotee, you worship me, you remember me, and then you will come to me without any doubt. But the summary is, just an upstart, uh, proud person. I want to. I don't believe in God unless He comes here and bows down to me, so to speak, or shakes my hand and I won't believe. It doesn't make any sense. So many who have followed the proper procedure, they have seen Krishna. Krishna gives us the free will. We can use it or misuse it. Like that child is misusing their free will. So someone says, well, I don't want to see you, I don't believe you, I don't want to open my door. It's like someone, I don't believe in God, I don't want to follow his rules. They can try to ignore but they have to take the karmas. Whether you accept Krishna or not, everyone has to take the results of their karmas. Krishna's laws of the material world are insurmountable. Someone gave the example that everyone should bow down before Krishna. But someone may say, I won't bow down to anyone. I won't bow down. But Krishna and Gita says that for the demons, I come to them as death. That's the one realization they have of Krishna. that He's absolute, because everyone has to die. So when we die, then we all lie down before Krishna, flat. <laughs> so while living, you can lie down uh, face forward and pay your dandavat. If you don't, then anyway, at death, you'll be lying down on your back or stomach, one of the directions. But everyone has to lie down before Krishna. Either you do it willingly, <coughs> or you'll do it by force. So if you do it by force, mean, again and again, we have to come back and punar janma. And if we do it voluntarily, then no, I surrender to Krishna. Then he says, Maya taranti Tarantite, then I deliver my devotee. <clears throat> is it because we don't want to go back to Krishna, therefore he's not taking us? It's not that he is being cruel. Rather he is giving us a chance. We're misusing that free will. The bodies we get, the karmas we get are due to our own activities. Krishna makes the law. He implements the law, but the karmas we are doing. So therefore we can't blame anyone but ourselves for any suffering we experience. In the Western countries where they don't believe in Punar Janma, they can't understand why good things why bad things happen to good people. I think this is such a nice person, why are you suffering? Because they don't accept that this karma is there, there's a previous birth. Some people like that, they don't accept. They don't have the explanation why people are born blind, why people are born crippled. Because there's a previous birth and so we had to take reaction. Nonetheless, we devotees are compassionate to everyone. How to free people? from this bondage of material nature. We may be very fortunate to be healthy and to be not crippled in this lifetime, but that doesn't mean that next lifetime we may not face a more difficult situation. So, intelligent uh, people, they can understand it. It's better we just use our free will in a proper way and serve Krishna. If He is the proprietor, Our proprietor. We belong to Krishna. Then we should serve according to Krishna's desire. If we're part of Krishna, then we should serve him the way that he wants. It's very natural for us to serve Krishna. Within everyone, the bhakti is already there. Just like it's natural for children to walk and to talk. When they're born, they don't walk, they don't talk. But in due course of time, this uh, propensity is developed. And they can walk and talk. Similarly, within us, dormant is a natural propensity to worship Krishna, to serve Krishna. Simply if we have the good association if we chant uh, his holy names and do some devotional activities, then this natural devotion to Krishna comes. Someone may say this chanting is mechanical. It may be mechanical in the beginning, because our natural love for Krishna is dormant. But if we go on chanting, then gradually this... this. Uh, Natural love for Krishna will become manifested. And at that time it will no longer be mechanical. It will be spontaneous chanting. We'll like to chant. We'll get happiness chanting. You see, sometime when guests come and they see that some devotees are chanting and dancing, they wonder, what is all this jumping up and down? Because they're not feeling anything when they chant they in Western countries, uh, people like to dance. They they go to discotheques and everything for dancing only. So we tell them, why you don't come and dance Hare Krishna dance? And we chant Hare Krishna. But they'll stand there watching and then after a while, they get into it and then they also start to dance. Then when they dance, they say, oh, this is very nice, I feel very good. And they give up their material dancing and they come and do Hare Krishna So, when we engage in Krishna's service, then automatically that itself awakens our dormant uh, devotion. Devotion is already there. At some point we have to decide whether we want to serve Krishna or not. Here in this uh, verse... The wonderful nature of the material illusion is uh, explained. How powerful the material nature is. But that material nature is so powerful because she's the energy of Krishna. There are many worshippers of Aman, of Devi. Devi... In this verse, it also says glorified. Nobody can cross over Devi. Except if you get a ticket from Krishna. If He gives you the path of liberation, then you can go. So the only way we can cross over Maya is by getting the mercy of Krishna. Although we are conscious entities and the material nature is not conscious, but the whole construction of the illusion is such that we won't be able to get out of it. And 16th uh, chapter of Gita, I believe, it's the 16th or maybe it's later, uh, 18th, there's a description of uh, the tree of material nature where the roots up and the branches down. So that tree is so big. That the person can go from one branch to the next eternally and never find the end. This material nature is so expansive. You go on taking birth after birth and you don't find the end. Now the scientists have calculated there are so many millions and billions of planets and luminaries in in this universe, in this greater brahman. The numbers that they are mentioning are really mind-boggling. And we consider that each of those luminaries are having so many planets and so many orbitaries around. And according to the Vedas, there's life on every part of the universe. All the planets have life. Not necessarily on the same dimension. They may have life in various ways. According to Vedas, there's life on the moon. But our material scientists claim they went to the moon, they don't find any life. Notice some other scientists say that maybe they didn't even go. That it was a, it was a plot between America and Russia. whole thing was staged they didn't have the technology then to go. Even, take it that they went, that, that those photos and all were real. But uh, people living on Chandraloka is considered a Swarga, one of the lower levels of Swarga. So they're not living on the same dimension that we live on. They have bodies which last thousands of years. They're on a higher level. The swarga Vasis don't have to be visible to the human beings. When Lord Chaitanya was a small, was a small baby, the Swarga Vasis, the Devas, used to come and see Krishna, Chaitanya. But then Lord Chaitanya, they would come invisibly, but he, by his mystic power, he would make them he would make their shadow visible to Mother uh, Sachi Devi. So Sachi would see this uh, movement and she'd scream out, nah, Dev!" And the Deva would realize that somehow she's seeing me. No human can see me, but she's seeing me. There they'd run off. Say, This is Chaitanya is tricking me. They wanted to see the new avatar. So an avatar is saying, Oh, you want to see me? He had played tricks on them. It said that previously the devas would come for the yagyas performed by the great kings in Dharpa Yuga like Yudhisthira uh, would do Rajasuya yagya, And uh, people, common people could see the devas. Otherwise you can't see unless they uh, decide to come and reveal themselves. So they live on a higher dimension. So if we don't find their houses in the moon, it doesn't mean they're not there. Moreover, they say that in Venus, for instance, it's all ammonia gas or something. I'm not exactly sure of this. Someone mentioned, I think I saw in the paper. There may be different types of gas. That even in this uh, planet, the scientists made a discovery that in the ocean floor, there was a fissure where gas was coming out and they found that all type of animals and the flora and fauna on this, in the bottom of the sea, they are living around this gas. <coughs> so they studied, they found that that gas was ammonia gas and that these uh, creatures, if they went out of the gas, they died. Their metabolism was based on ammonia base. Like, normally we're oxygen-based. We breathe oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. The plant breathes in the carbon dioxide and breathes out oxygen. That's why we're worrying about the ecology. They're cutting down all the trees. We won't have anything to breathe. In the Arabian Gulf, there's not many trees producing oxygen. Where there are trees, if they're all cut down, then everywhere becomes a desert. Then uh, what we're going to breathe... The world will become uh, like these air-conditioned buildings when they don't have uh, any air inside. So, they found that this uh, animals in the bottom of the ocean, and this, uh, we living in this gas. An ordinary fish would fly in the gas, I mean, swim in the gas, he'd die. Immediately, highly poisonous, ammonia. So these plants and animals were simply living off of the ammonia. They had developed a metabolism or they had they were they were not or visible in other places. There's a particular <coughs> new types of species. So when the Vedas say that there is life on all the planets, and they say that well some planets only have ammonia. So there can be they there can be light. We cannot live. If we go on an ammonia planet, we'll die like that. But other life could be there. That breathes ammonia and breathes out something else. Some other type of metabolism. But we generally people, even the scientists, they tend to just see in a very narrow spectrum. That's why if uh, there's now a lot of interest in the Vedas, because Vedas are giving a, a, a perspective on things which are totally different uh, level. Recently, uh, one of our scientists, Sadaputha Prabhu, Dr. Richard Thompson, he's given some lectures uh, for the regarding unidentified flying objects. In America, there's a lot of interest in unidentified flying objects. Commonly known as flying saucers. is a cited, thousands and thousands of people have seen these uh, flying saucers, UFOs, and many people seem to have been abducted by them. Some people have been uh, made pregnant, their babies have been taken, there's been a crossbred. Uh, extraterrestrials with the human beings all kinds of reports are there some government files have become revealed where the government has actually admitted that these uh, one uh, of these uh, flying saucers had crashed and they got the remnants of that uh, crash all these things are there now some people, They don't know what to think, so they want to hear what do the Vedas say. Now, in the Bhagavatam, it mentions that Salva he came and attacked Krishna from a special type of flying machine, which was taking its energy from the sunlight and the moonlight, and it was suddenly appearing and disappearing. It was moving in and out of the clouds. It was going in this way and that way, then disappearing. These are all the way that the uh, present uh, flying saucers are acting. So Salva got this from one of the demon he made friend with Maya as one of those demons and he got this uh flying machine. So there of course, we don't even we just read the, the Bhagavatam. Krishna fought this demon. He fought that demon. Okay, this solver came with some flying machine. Okay, Krishna wiped him out. But they are analyzing. What did the machine do? How did it look? How did it move? The side they want to see. Actually, this is the first time we're finding some in Sanskrit. It's mentioning about this time five thousand years ago. They were seeing flying machine how developed their society was. They had contact with other planets. Arjuna was going to Indraloka. They're analyzing it from that. They're not taking it now. Okay, let's take it as scientific evidence about extraterrestrial travel, all these things. Generally, people are looking at... uh, In India, I always hear people say, yes, our mythology, our legends. They don't take it as history. The Prabhupada, when he came to the West, he said, this Bhagavatam is history. This is history of the world. Mahabharata, history of the world. Bhagavatam, history of the universe, from other universes also. So from the very beginning, the devotees all over Iskan, they know that Puranas mean histories. It's not a mythology, it's not myths or legends or these are actual histories. These things happened at some time in the past. So what's happening now is uh, this interest in Krishna consciousness. There's uh, some rumors going around that very soon they may rev- the government cannot avoid in admitting the world governments, leading governments, that actually these uh, visitations to this planet are happening, or, or there may be such an obvious visitation that they can't deny it. In which case they don't have the clear explanation. None of the present religions of the world, except for the Vedic religion, has a clear explanation about life and other planets. About, uh, there's 18 kinds of Vimanas mentioned in Vedas. Various type of Vimanas. From Pushpa Vimana to, to mechanized Vimanas to higher energy Vimanas. So these things are already there in Vedas. It's not a new thing. The technology was there, but it was lost to our planet. But other planets, other or whatever, they may have it. Must still be having. So these things are recorded. So there's a feeling that uh, because Krishna consciousness has this information, That if these things become revealed, then that will be very good for us. Just like now that reincarnation is also scientifically getting a lot of uh, evidence. People naturally then they become more open to Krishna consciousness. Because, actually, what you are saying now the scientists also say. People tend to believe the scientists. So what's the difference is that we believe the Vedas from the beginning. Science is all right. But science has its limit. So if science does or doesn't coincide with the Vedas, that doesn't affect our faith. We believe in the Vedas. And science can only, after all, study the phenomena of this world to a certain limit. Science doesn't have any scope to know what's beyond matter. Their instruments are matter. So Krishna is non-material, he is spiritual, he is So no scientist can find out uh, Krishna. So scientific proof of Krishna, by observation, is very difficult. Krishna was on this planet, he visited here. He performed these pastimes. Now if you accept the Vedic description, Krishna showed his visarup, Krishna lifted Govardhan Hill, Krishna expanded himself into thousands of uh, Krishnas and danced with thousands of gopis, he married 16,000 queens and he went into each of the palaces at the same time. These things are not possible for human beings. So we accept that, okay, Bhagavatam has said this, this is a fact, and Krishna can do this because he's God, then it all makes sense. There's nothing uh, fantastic or wonderful about it. It's quite possible for Krishna to do anything if he's Bhagavan. There's no other way to understand the Vedas except as uh, these words spoken by Krishna. And there's no other way we can know who is Krishna, who is God, except by Vedas and Puranas. By science, we'll never know what is the spiritual world. We'll never know what is... uh, where we've come from. This is beyond their limits. They may never know what's the whole universe, they're trying to find out by observation. But the Vedas say even if the scientist, even if some great scientist or Sankhya, there they have Sankhya, now it's science, same thing. Even if some Sankhya yogi can analyze all the qualities of the material elements, all the atoms in the universe. Even as some great discoverer can see every atom in the universe, they can't find out Krishna and all his unlimited qualities. He's beyond this material world. This material energy, a daivi, maya. It's my energy. And this energy is covering Krishna. <coughs> Using this energy, we can see Krishna. If we want to see Krishna, we can see Krishna only by our own spiritual vision. He can give us that vision. So the devotees, by chanting Hare Krishna, they experience Krishna's presence. And in that presence, they feel happy. And that happiness goes on growing until we become so much connected with Krishna, that Krishna, he voluntarily reveals everything to us. Just like a good child, if you're a very faithful child, very obedient, very faithful, at some time when he goes and becomes mature, You may be willing to to give all your wealth, all your secrets to that child, up to that child's capacity to use it. You reveal your business secret or personal assets, what they are. That could happen to a certain extent. Similarly, Krishna will reveal so many things to us. When we are take him in confidence, he'll take us in confidence. If we take one step to Krishna, he takes take ten steps to us. He's more eager, we return to him than we are to go to him. Just like a naughty child runs away, the parents are very worried how to get the child back. Krishna is very affectionate, he wants us to come back. We are the ones who are being disobedient. And don't want to serve Krishna. So this whole bondage, the whole Bhada Jeevan can be immediately solved in a second if we surrender to Krishna. We decide, I don't have any other business. My only business is serving Krishna. Whatever I do, it should be done as a devotion to Krishna. That is the meaning of Bhakti. No other engagement but serving God. We can serve God as a grihasta. We can serve God as a as a brahmachari or a sannyasi, as a student, any life uh, ashram, any status in life. From any status, one can serve Krishna. That doesn't mean that one has to suddenly give up everything. We simply accept that from this point forward, I'm going to serve Krishna. Krishna is my Protector, he's my Lord. Whatever I do, he's my boss. Some places they always have the head of state in the official places. We have, he's our boss. We always have a picture of Krishna, Chaitanya, head of department. We're answerable to him. Everyone is answerable. Some accept and some don't. Those who accept, he protects. So this devotional service is... very sublime, you practice devotional service and immediately, gradually, it brings you closer and closer to Krishna. But sometimes people say, well, only by chanting Hare Krishna, only by bhakti, nothing more. They want something more. You know the story about the rich man who used to take milk every afternoon? He's from South India. He used to take those big uh, red bananas too every night with fresh milk, hot. Very wealthy man. He preferred. He liked this. Is very attached to the hot milk and the red banana. So he was so much uh, attached to having a fresh milk that he cuts his own cows and a cowherd and coward man. Said a servant every day going to the cowman, bringing his milk and cook the hot milk and give him. He's taking milk every day, but he's thinking, I'm not getting the best milk. This milk is a little watery. Why it's not better? Like He was never satisfied. Although he got hot milk at his own cows, he always suspected maybe that cowman is putting water. (laughs) Even it's his own cow. He's always complaining. Why the milk is not better? Why it's so thin? So that servant and cowman, they got impatient. Every time he's always complaining. So one day he said that, "Okay, you bring uh, that cowman. Why the milk seems too thin today?" So the servant said, "Today you're going to get it." He's asking you to bring uh, to come. So the cowman made a plan, and then he came. <coughs> He went to his house and he took some fresh lime, not lime lemon, this lime like you put on the wall, paint lime. And he put that in the water and he gave it a good mix, and it became very white, like uh, you know you put the the lime. So he made a he made a special mix. Then he adds his milk from the cows. So he went in. The man was saying, "Why the milk isn't good enough?" This had started complaining. He said, "Sir, look at this is your milk from your cows. This is a pure milk. But you have to understand, this is a milk from my house. This is the cowman's milk. So every day you're taking this milk. Today, what milk you want to take?" So he looked at me. That lime, you know, was very white. You know, ready? It looked, uh, his, the regular milk looked not so white, mm-hmm. off-white. And lime is a pure white. <laughs> so he thought, okay, today I'll take cow man milk. So said, so, okay, it's your choice, whatever you want, you take it. So he took that lime and drank. <laughs> bringing out the whole intestine, stomach, everything. It's highly poisonous. He took that and he was killed. So the police, uh, they came investigated. Then they arrested those two fellows. They said, why are you arresting us? We didn't do anything. Are you fed him the poison. No, no, He chose it. We didn't say anything. It's our, his own free will. What can? Don't blame us. They said, no, no. You knew that that was poison. You offered to him. So we're taking you away. So then, uh, murder. So this way, just like that man, he was getting milk every day. He could just take, go on taking his milk and banana, I'd be alright. But he's always feeling, I should have something more, something more. Sometimes we think, only bhakti. Bhakti is a pure thing, you take it and it'll, you'll be healthy. But if someone is always looking for a little more, something more shiny, more white, more flashy. So there will be those cheaters who come and offer you. Yes, yes. Why you want to worship Krishna is far away. I am Krishna here. Look at, I can produce rasgulas. No need of vissarup, I am giving you rasgulas. You, you can, you cannot eat vissarup, you can eat rasgulas. If you give me a big donation, I'll give you a diamond ring also. <laughs> As people think, oh, this is an instant avatar. It's like instant noodles, instant avatar. So we can get... This is much better. But this is like taking the lime drink. You don't serve Bhagawan. You try to serve some false avatar. Or you try to serve this thing or that. Then you... Drink the wrong thing, you get poison. And so some people are there cheating, giving some process. They know it's not uh, the true process. But they present it in such a way, you can do whatever you like. But they present it in such a way, people, oh, this is better. Okay, then I'll take this. They leave the good thing and take the false thing. They may think, oh, I don't have to, death. I don't get any karmas. Even if I give these, to my people, my followers. That person dies with well, other people, they also have to go before Yamaraj and get punished for their crimes on humanity, for giving a false process. So We should take devotional service. That... Which Krishna is recommending here in Bhagavad Gita. This is accepted by all Acharyas. Bhagavad Gita is uh, totally acceptable. Bhagavatam is acceptable. we take the Vedic system which is approved how to reach Krishna. By pure devotion. And we'll be guaranteed success. If we want something more. More than Bhakti. More than what Krishna has told us to do. Then we run the risk of being cheated, misled, and for that we also die our own spiritual death. And those people, who mislead us; they also, they'll suffer. That's their problem, no doubt. But in the bargain, we lose. Devotionals are some people they're doing almost everything nicely, but they're still hanging on to some activities which they know are not good. This is a story of the this one boy, he had the bad friends and from the bad friends he learned how to chew tobacco. So every day he's chewing the tobacco and even he's only about 13 years old, he developed this uh, cancerous sore. The doctor said that yet is benign, it will become malignant if you go on eating this tobacco. You stop tobacco chewing and you simply drink milk. Milk is pure, you take milk, it will cure your your, lesion. That uh, gha, what do you call it? cut, <laughs> cancer. So, that boy he was start taking, his parents gave milk, he's taking milk. But then on the side he's also chewing the tobacco. The doctor told you, don't take tobacco, just take the milk. I'm taking the milk, I'm taking the milk. <laughs> But you're also taking tobacco. Yeah, I'm also I have to take tobacco. <laughs> but I'm taking the milk. So he went back to the doctor, I said, You're not getting better. He's taking milk and taking the tobacco so that sore is not healing. So sometimes people they're doing a little bhakti, they're doing a little bhukti. <laughs> and they're wondering why I'm not getting the effect. We had to give up the, the bad, take the good medicine and also we had to avoid doing those things which are harmful for our spiritual life. <clears throat> then we can get the full effect. Just like Draupadi, when she surrendered to Krishna... When the buster Haran was going on, that she was losing that cloth, that disrobing. So with one hand she's holding the cloth, other she's calling, Krishna, help me. Then she thought, what am I holding this? I can't do anything. The Dusasana is much stronger. He said, Maharati, I'm a frail woman, what can I do fighting with him? So said, if Krishna is going to help me, I just depend on Krishna. She left both the hands. Completely helpless, whatever you do, Krishna, Keshava. She's crying on his name. This is in Dharpa Yuga. This is a sign that in all yugas, the Naam is powerful. By calling Krishna's name, even he's thousands of miles away. Immediately he came and he gave, uh, became unlimited sari. That we completely depend on Krishna, whatever he does, good or bad, that we accept. Now, let me do what will be pleasing to Him. Then He definitely will provide us. Because we're holding with one hand, we're not fully depending on Krishna. So He's also not fully giving. He's not seeing only what we're giving, He's seeing also what we're not giving. He sees everything. So, in conclusion, we see how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he, uh, he went to this place called Kurma Desh. There's a beautiful Kurma temple in Andhra Pradesh, near the, not far from, that's the Narmada there? Huh? Kaveri, no, Narmada, nah? Godavari, yeah, you're yeah. right. Godavari, sorry, Narmada's other side, Godavari River. And uh, that temple actually uh, was discovered by Ramanuja Acharya. The people thought it was a shivalinga Then he found it was a Kurma temple. It wasn't here for... It was a Kurma. But you know, because they just were seeing that back of the tortoise, tortoise they thought it was a Shivalinga And he saw that it was uh, having the head and uh, four legs. It was actually a uh, Kurma. But it had been covered up by... Uh, dirts and things. So he cleaned it up and then he uh, did Abhishek and since that time it's been worshipped at Kurma Temple. So that's called Kurma Desh in Chaitanya Charita Locally, I don't know what they call it. But uh, that place, uh, Lord Chaitanya, he had several pastimes. One pastime, one uh, well-to-do, Brahmana came and said, I am very much frustrated with my family life. So many troubles are there. I want to give up everything and join you and just go with you. Then Lord Chaitanya said, I am telling you, never say these. I don't want to hear these words from you ever again. This is a false renunciation. You don't speak these words again. You simply remain here. You do your devotional service. You practice Krishna consciousness. You preach to your friends, your family members, to your country people. On my order, you be a guru. And you give this Krishna consciousness to others. Whoever you meet, you tell them the glories of Krishna. Jare dako tare kaho krishnu don't think about leaving your family and all these things. This artificial renunciation. Or Chaitanya didn't approve the abrupt this uh, renunciation, especially if it's due to some frustration and all that, because that's a negative impulse. when one is fully mature and has full attachment to krishna at the end of life there may be some people who fully dedicate with the permission of their families and everything the lord chaitanya he very clear <clears throat> wherever you are you practice in that such circumstance. Don't abruptly just artificially renounce things because you don't like it. Then later you may not also like the ashram you may again like a, oh this was better. go back and forth. So Lord Chaitanya, he wanted it very clearly you just preach from whatever position you're in you practice your Krishna consciousness. There's another interesting pastime happened at Kurmadesh. Just as he was about to leave, no, Lord Chaitanya actually left. Every morning, Lord Chaitanya would take his morning bath, see the do his uh, Gayatri and everything, and then he would leave about seven in the morning and start off to the next place. So Lord Chaitanya already left. About seven fifteen there was this one uh Brahmana. Vasudeva, who had gotten a leprosy. And he was in advanced stage of leprosy. Already his whole hand was, half it was off. But he was a very spiritual person. He never took it in a bad way. He took it as my karma. I must have done something like that. So he was uh, meditating and remembering Krishna. But being a leper in those days, you couldn't, associated with society. So he was like an outcast. So he heard about Lord Chaitanya coming. He wanted to have the Darshan of Lord Chaitanya. So immediately he went to see Lord Chaitanya. He reached about 7.15. He asked for Lord Chaitanya. He said he's already gone. Mahaprabhu left. And that Vasudeva became like a wild man. What? he left oh no i'll never see him this was a hope in my life i could have at least a darshan of mahaprabhu just by seeing him we can get pure bhakti i have heard so much of him oh no 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 oh no my whole life is ruined now no and he's like rolling on the ground and he's saying no no when will i see lord chaitanya again when will I have the chance? And he's just lamenting like anything. Lord Chaitanya was so merciful. Although he's already gone several kilometers away. He just immediately poof. Out of the thin air he just appeared right before that Brahmana. He came back. The Brahmana could hardly... Because of his devotion, his intense desire, he brought back Krishna, Chaitanya. So that Vasudeva, when he saw that Chaitanya was there, then he immediately paid his obeisances and started offering his prayers. But Lord Chaitanya just picked him up and embraced him. And he said, no, no, don't touch me. But as Lord Chaitanya embraced him, then a miracle happened and completely he became cured. Not only cured, he became restored. The parts which were missing, the fingers and that was already gone, they came back. He became completely holy. Good. And Vasudeva said, What do you have done? You cured me. Now, by this I may become too proud. I'll think that I'm s- such a person that Lord Chaitanya cured me. So therefore, I'm a great person or something. And I'll leave your lotus feet. I'll become falsely proud. Hankara will take over my mind. Better you leave me. Disease, and I can just be your humble devotee. Lord Chaitanya said, No, you don't have to worry. I cured you but you go on chanting Hare Krishna and you just preach to everyone to chant Hare Krishna and by chanting you'll be protected from the Maya. So like that he also gave him instruction, you stay here and you go on chanting Hare Krishna. Make your... Make the other people also happy by chanting. Then Lord Chaitanya, he went back to where he was and was invisible. So Lord Caitanya, he also gave some instructions. He performed so many miracles. But his instructions, or instructions rather, were very uh, consistent. Completely consistent with Bhagavad Gita, with Srimad Bhagavatam, and that's the wonderful thing is that studying all kinds of teachings in the world, all types of philosophies, you see that this Krishna consciousness movement, the philosophy, the practices, everything is so consistent with the, with the Shastra, everything is uh, so practical. That a person can live this life. It's a livable. There may be something more flashy, like that lime drink or something, but it's not practical. It's not... But Krishna consciousness, you may think, why not be more than bhakti? But it's actually practical. You can do it. Even here, you can practice Krishna consciousness while you're doing your job, while you're living with your family, while you're serving your husband or serving your wife. Whether man or woman. Anyone can practice this. Married or unmarried. It's a very practical process. But the beginning comes in this verse. Eva jay who is going to accept my shelter? Who is going to surrender to me? That is a big step. Read Bhagavad Gita, study, chant, come to that decision that yes, Krishna, I am surrendering my life in your hands. I am accepting you as my Lord. I now, from now on, I am going to simply do what you want me to do. I have only been doing what I want to do. I have not been happy. In spite of good fortune or bad fortune, whatever happens, still I am never satisfied. Now I am deciding that I am simply going to serve you. That is prapadyante. And then we follow Krishna's representative guru. Advice, we follow his instruction in Shastra, we take the good example of other great devotees, and we lead our life in such a way that Krishna will be pleased. And then Krishna promises that we will go back to him. Hare Krishna, Hare, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare. Any question? That's all is part of the same. There's three versions. Mukakuroti va chalam pangulangai That Kripa Tamang mang bandai. There's three versions. Sigurum dinatarinam. By the mer- this, mukha karoti mukha A deaf man can become a great orator. a lame man can cross over the mountain. By the mercy of, then there's three different versions of them. One version is, Guru uh, Dinatarinam, by the mercy of Guru. One is Paramanam Namaravam, by the mercy of Krishna, Madhav. Another one is by the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, the, the Supreme Lord. So thing. China, just combining, asking each of them for that mercy. Although any one of them can give, one is more than enough. But I'm just asking all three. Since they're all the same. Following the parampara. whose source of all energies, whose this impersonal jyoti is also one of the energies, and this energy is also the material nature, and he is eternally existing spiritually and creating the material nature from his own energies. From that eternal spiritual existence with its own spiritual qualities is coming this temporary shadow or Duplicate, uh, we call knuckle, what do you call this? uh, Imitation, reflection world. Or the other alternative is that there's a void, a nothingness, inexplicable nothingness, and somehow from that nothingness everything has come. So to our, to our, from the Shastra or from, uh, any logic, the second one we is, uh, seems completely illogical, untenable. But that is what most people believe. But how they believe that they have to answer, we can't say. They're being misled, that's all we can say. How can everything come from nothing? You see, they're trying to find out what is the material world from the material point of view. We see this material world has got so much, so many qualities. I am frustrated with the qualities. Therefore, spiritual world must be opposite. This is quality. It must be no quality. So we are trying to understand absolute truth from observing the material Illusion. By studying illusion, the only result we can get is illusion. If we want to know what is the reality, we have to look beyond illusion. We have to find out from the reality. That's why Vedas and Puranas are given to us, to give us what is the reality. Krishna says, Haṁ saravasya prabhava, everything is coming from me. I'm the source of everything. Brahma Samhita says, Eswaraha Paramaha Krishna Satchiran Madhigraha Anadi Adi Govinda Sarva Karana Karanam. Govinda is the cause of all causes. Here he is saying, Vaidhi Geshe Gunamaya, Maya is my energy. <coughs> you surrender to me, I deliver you from the Maya. Where does the void come in this situation? The Gyanis, they are saying this jagat is mitya, words are false. You cannot understand God by words. But they are speaking so much. And they shouldn't speak anything. Because whatever they are speaking is false. If words are false. We say God is the eternal... Name of God is eternal, the glories of God are eternal. We can speak according to our philosophy, Glory Kirtanam is quite bona fide. But according to the Mayavadi philosophy, everything is false, so then a speech is also false. So everything is illogical. But people who hear this Mayavadi philosophy too much, their brain becomes affected. And they see in this kind of distorted logic. And it's very hard for them to understand Vaishnava philosophy. And for the Vaishnava philosophers, they don't want to hear these Mayavadi philosophy because everything they're saying is just the word juggling. It doesn't make any sense to the Vaishnavas. So that's why in Vedas you have these two camps: the Advaitas and the Dvaitas, or Bhishista Advaita, whatever you have. Those who believe in uh, absolute truth with variety, and those who believe in monism, everything's one. But this voidist idea is totally; it's even further away. Widest and impersonal similar though. (coughs) Mayavadis say that just like when you get liberation, it's like the bird goes into the... The parrot flies in the forest. It merges in the forest. But actually the bird is not merging in the forest. The bird is just... From a distance it looks like that. That's our illusion birds are flying in the branches still there the drop of water going back in the ocean the one drop of water doesn't become the ocean the drop of water remains one drop we can never become god the impersonal liberation means we simply identifying with the energy of the lord that energy is coming from krishna only in Gita 14th chapter, last verse, he says, Brahmano pratishtaham, I am the basis of impersonal Brahman. Brahman is sat, Paramatma is sat and Bhagavan is sat-chit-ananda. ananda vigraha So Bhagavan is the full form of Param-Brahma, Paramatma is partial. And Brahman is uh, very partial, only the eternal aspect. This philosophy was uh, promoted in India in order to take out Buddhism. In Shiva Purana, Vishnu told Shiva that you should uh, uh, take uh, your appearance. Believe it's Shiva Purana. Take your appearance in Kali Yuga as a Brahman. And you preach Mayavad. You preach Advaitavad in order to bring the people back from Buddhism. And this way they'll create more children. The population will increase. When people think that you always find the bigger varis, they say Jagat Mitya, and then somebody starts to chant Hare Krishna, one of the children or something, they say, Ari, not so much devotion, not so much dharma. You enjoy life, at end of life, you." You just say their philosophy, Jagat is Mitya. World is false, but then they're saying you first enjoy the world, then only renounce. A devotee everything is balanced. We just don't want Devotee also having enjoyment. You cannot avoid enjoyment or suffering in this world. Both things will come. But the devotee is trying to do his duty to serve Krishna. But these uh, mayavardis, they're always saying, no, jagat is false. As soon as the devotee is doing devotional service, they think somehow you're missing out on something. So they're filled with contradictions. And although they're saying that world is false, they're very attached to this world. Because uh, when you say that uh, Param Brahma is uh, impersonal, it's very hard to be attached to Param Brahma. Who can be attached to the void? Who can be attached to nothing? Being attached to nothing is very difficult. So one one is becomes more attached to this material world because there's no hope. When everything is frustrated at the end of life, then okay, we become merged, bus, finished. It's like a suicide. But because the devotee, they become attached. Krishna is so beautiful. His devotees are so beautiful. Soda, Nanamaha, so much variegatedness is there. Vrindavan, Navadeep, so many eternal pastimes. So devotee can be always uh, enamored by the beautiful qualities and pastimes of Krishna. Husband and wife, the children, they all family can be worshipping Krishna together. There's so much uh, Krishna reciprocate. They feel that Krishna is helping. They can see how Krishna is uh, giving them the shelter. So they can, there's a very full life. So they can become detached from the material world. Even though they're living in the material world, they're like the ducks. The water goes off the back of the duck. The duck isn't mixed with the water. Floats on the water. So, although we are in a material world, we are floating, we are not going inside it. We are staying above it by mercy of Krishna. But in Mayavari, they want to merge with that water, so they become one of the fish. Last nuts a good example, but the bird, the duck, is a good example. Mayavadi said they become attached to the world, they don't have an alternative. Very attractive the devotees have a positive alternative. Any other question? Between the Dwaita and uh, those are very technical points. The four Vaishnav Sampradayas, very subtle differences. That's another, that's a whole other study. You want to go? That's in our Prabhupada's authorized to give four degrees. Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Bhaibhav, Bhakti Vedanta and Bhakti Sarva So you study that as Bhakti Sarva that's the PhD level. What's the subtle differences between each of the philosophies? Even if I answer that question to you, everyone else you will fall asleep. <laughs> There's a very subtle difference. And since the more important, we have to, Lord Lord Chaitanya uh, taught Achintya Veda Veda Tattva. We should understand that philosophy, then, academic to understand what is the difference in all the other sampranayas. Achintya Veda Veda Tattva, simultaneously one and different. Inconceivable. That we are one with, we are not different from Krishna, at the same time we are different. Lord Chaitan used Ved and Aved, rather than Dvaita, Advaita or Dvaita, or Vishistha Dvaita, because a means completely one, so Vishistha Dvaita means one with some difference. Dwaita just means there's two. So the Dwaita saying two means that, well, that doesn't imply any connection. There's two. God and his devotee. Vishishtha Dvaita, well there's one but there's some difference. There's some, I won't say difference, Vishista means there's some distinction. Dwaita Dita, one and two. One and different. The Lord Chaitanya, He is explaining non difference. This is a very subtle point. Non difference, Aave, it means we have not different than Krishna. He is Satya we are such But just like Son is not different from the Father, but Son is not Father. You cannot say that Son is same as Father. We had Vivi Ranga Rao, the son of uh, Prime Minister, inaugurate Arvathyatra. It wasn't the same as Having Nashinga Rao inaugurate the Rathya please who is the Prime Minister. But it was something similar. Some connection was there. Okay, we had to satisfy. He's son of Prime Minister. He's also Minister. But it wasn't the same. There's some avedas is there, but there's some vedas also there. Difference is there. So this avaid and Ved, how we are different from Krishna, same time we're not different. We're never completely the same. To Adwaita, Lord Chaitanya didn't like that word. We're not completely the same, but we're not different. But some difference and non-difference is there. How this is possible, this is something inconceivable, beyond our ability to fully comprehend the detailed mechanism of it. Because there's something coming from Krishna directly. So it's achintya. No use arguing unlimitedly over this point. Any other question? Actually, all the service we do to Krishna is through the Guru. Directly, how can we approach Krishna? Krishna tells us that we want to approach him, we go through the via media of Guru. Tadvidhi pratipathena pratipasnena sevaya. Fourth chapter, Gita, he advised, you approach a bona fide guru, you surrender to him, you take his instruction, you serve him and you follow his, uh, you ask questions of him. So the whole process of devotion is based on being the servant of the servant of Krishna. That if we serve the servant of Krishna, we serve the devotee of Krishna, it is more pleasing to Krishna. So in this world, if we want to get to Krishna, the shortcut is to the Guru. It is the actual route. So in the eight levels of devotional service, the third level is to accept the Guru, surrender to Guru and to take initiation. Then you can go to the next higher five levels. First and second level, one can reach without guru. The third level means you find a guru. If you cannot get to surrender to a guru, then you don't get to the higher levels. This is our dress rehearsal, you're doing some drama. So we are preparing to surrender to Krishna. So Guru is representative of Krishna. Theoretically someone can say, yes, I am doing everything for Krishna. But Guru is representative The Guru may not accept. You should do like this or do like that. We had to actually surrender. The Guru is speaking, he is giving instruction. Krishna, we don't hear what he is speaking to us. We worship the deity, deity. We don't hear any <coughs> protest from the deity in most cases. So we may now, may not be doing. The Guru is saying, no. While you're putting salt in the milk, sometimes people put salt in milk is very bad. While you're offering something this way or that way. So Guru is there to enforce what Krishna has said in Shastra, what his uh, other great Acharyas have taught. So that's where we practically apply this uh, knowledge by surrendering to Guru. That gives us the practical practice and Krishna is more pleased because his devotee, Guru means uh, one of his devotees, he is doing Krishna's confidential work in this world of bringing their souls back to him. So someone who is serving the Guru, Krishna is more pleased by that. He says that the devotee who says he's my devotee is not my real devotee. The devotee who says he's the devotee of my devotee, that is my devotee. Lord Chaitanya, he said, Mike, I'm not a Brahmana, I'm not a sannyasi, I'm not a Sudra, I'm not a Grihastha, I'm gopibharta Parakamalaya, dasa, 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 I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of Lord Krishna, the master of the Gopis, husband of the Gopis. Now this is a process. Servant of the servant of Krishna. We don't want to be Radha Rani, We want to serve the servant of Radha Rani. By Radha's blessing, we can serve Krishna. Then we say Radha Krishna, Sita Ram, Lakshmi Narayan. By blessing of the devotee of Krishna, we can reach Krishna. Easier. They're more compassionate. ki. <laughs> ki.